0: Nice to see you this morning. We're beginning a new series on how to develop patience and persistence and peace of mind in your life. Today and next week I want to talk about patience. How can we have patience in our life? There's so many things in life that irritate us that make us lose our patience. It's an ongoing process in life of long lines, long red lights when you're late to church or wherever you're going. There's all these type of things that show how impatient we really are as people. And patience is important because it shows your faith. Do you really trust that God's in control? If you trust that God's in control, you can have patience. If you really have a lack of trust that God's in control, it will show by being impatient. Because you're trying to control things that you can't control. To learn patience, you have to learn how to cooperate with God. Find out where He is. Learn to trust what He's doing in your life. God's going to provide you all kinds of circumstances in life that will give you the opportunity to learn patience. And it's up to us to respond to these circumstances in a positive way. So let's look at this. God's part, of course, is He provides those circumstances... In James 1, 2, and 3, it says, Is your life full of difficulties? Be happy. When's the last time you heard that? You have difficulties? Be happy? That doesn't sound right. Be happy for when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. Circle that. Patience has a chance to grow. You don't grow in patience when everything is easy. What teaches you how to be patient is when things aren't easy, when things are rough. It's important, right? Because you want to learn to have patience when it comes to your marriage, right? You know, if you're impatient with your spouse, how is that going to affect your marriage? If you're impatient with your kids all the time, how is that going to affect your relationship with them? If you're the boss at work and you're impatient with your employees, how is that going to affect your relationship with them? Patience affects every part of your life. It's a spiritual quality. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's something God wants you to have. When God is guiding your life, you learn to be patient. So God's going to give you lots of opportunities to practice patience. And you can grow and learn to be a patient person. The first thing that God uses, and you can fill, up, fill this out in your notes, is interruptions. He'll allow people to interrupt you when you're doing something very important And you have to learn to be patient with them and respond back in a loving way. What's the tendency? You're busy, and your child wants to interrupt you, and you want to snap at them. Hey, I'm busy right now. Leave me alone. Why? Because you have things pressing. You don't want to be interrupted. You might do that with a spouse. Jesus was in a situation where he was very, very busy. Watch what happens here. In Matthew 19, 13, and 14, it says that people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. They wanted Jesus to bless these little kids, but the disciples rebuked them. The reason why the disciples are rebuking them is Jesus was too busy, and he really was. The disciples were basically good people. They weren't just rebuking people and saying, stop this, leave him alone, he's too busy, just to you know, show off their power. It wasn't like that. They were being sincere. They were trying to help Jesus out. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He was willing in the middle of all the busyness that was going on, he was willing to be calm, to be patient, to give attention to these children that he felt like needed his attention. It's seeing the bigger picture. Sometimes you have so much going on, too much going on, that causes you to be short when you speak to your husband or wife or short with your kids. And God is saying, what's more important, the busyness or your wife? What's more important, the busyness or your husband? What's more important, the busyness or your kids? So you have to learn, like Jesus did, to be patient and recognize your priorities Those things still need to get done. I still have to finish my sermon. Whatever it is that you have to get done, you still have to do those things, but you have to always remember what's the priority. So you know that you're in the middle of something that's important and you try to have patience and you listen to your spouse. You try to have patience and you listen to the child. And then from patience, you communicate with them, I've got to continue to do this. But it's not the way that we want to go. We want to snap at them. We want to get frustrated at them for interrupting my busy schedule. Ruins relationships. What's more important? Have you ever sat down to eat dinner and the phone rings? You know, I don't answer it. I don't answer my phone. Too many times is people trying to sell me something. I wait till someone leaves a message, then I call them back. Then I know for sure what it really is. But, you know, there's always going to be interruptions in life. Have you ever been working on a deadline and then visitors show up unexpectedly at the worst time? you are wondering, how am I going to get this done now? Life is going to be filled with interruptions. Have you ever gone through a day of work and you had so many interruptions, you felt like at the end of the day, I got nothing done? I got nothing done. Is that, have you experienced that? I have. God is using that to teach you patience. Are you gonna be patient? Are you gonna trust that I'm really in control? As important as you thought your list of to dos were, do you really trust that I'm in control? And I'm gonna allow the right thing to happen? And my goal then is to respond to interruptions in the right way, in a healthy way, in a loving way. Jesus was very busy, but all you see is love coming out of his mouth toward these children. That's what God is calling us to do. Interruptions in life are one of God's ways to teach you patience. Patience shows love. When I learn to be patient with my wife, I'm busy and she she interrupts me. When I learn to be patient with her, that's what love is. Love is patient. Patient. Being patient with them. When my kids interrupt me and I learn to be patient, that's what love is. Second in your notes is inconveniences. When things are inconvenient, it makes you impatient. Luke 10, 40 says, But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus had come over to their home, and Mary spent time with Jesus. She was so excited to see Jesus, she was spending time with him. Martha was so excited to have Jesus over that she cooked dinner and all that type of stuff, preparing to make it a good experience for Jesus. I think they both were coming from the right heart. But Martha was really upset. She lost patience with Mary because she felt like Mary should be on her agenda. Mary should follow her way. Mary should take on her share of the responsibility and not put it on me. Mary, on the other hand, was thinking totally different. Mary was thinking, we don't see Jesus that much, that much. I'm not going to spend the day in the kitchen. If Jesus is here, how often do you have a guy like this in your home? I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to learn from him. She seized an opportunity. They were both coming from the right heart. But Martha, only seeing things from her perspective, lost all patience with Mary. Because we always think our perspective is right. You know Americans are less tolerant about inconveniences than about anything else that you can find. Chrysler, they did a study and discovered the number one gripe of American consumers is when things are inconvenient. Why is that? Because we're an impatient society. When things are inconvenient, we get impatient, we lose our temper, and we don't act like Christians We don't act like someone that has the fruit of God's spirit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience. We start looking like someone that doesn't know God. That has no faith. If you have faith, you're going to be patient because you trust God. If you don't have faith, you're going to respond like you don't have faith. There's a lot of Christians that live as if we don't have faith. The third one is irritations. We lose our patience when we get irritated by the things usually that people do. We can get irritated at traffic and long lines as well, but sometimes it's because of the people. We don't think they're working fast enough. But we get irritated and lose our patience. That's what happened to Moses. In fact, this is one of the reasons that Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land because he sinned against God. It's a, it seems like a small sin. There's a lot more to this than what you might Notice here, but in Numbers, it says, Moses, he and Aaron, gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? What happened is that the Israelites were complaining that they didn't have enough water. They were always grumbling, and why didn't you just leave us in Egypt, where they were slaves? You know, that, that's their attitude. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with the staff and he's doing it because he's impatient. Water gushes out, and the community and their livestock drank. And God was angry at Moses. A couple of reasons why. Moses has used his staff for every miracle, and God said to Moses, don't use your staff this time. Speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Because God was trying to get Moses to, to break his trust from the staff to God because he started trusting in the staff. You know, you take the staff and, and the water splits. You take the staff and the water turns to blood. Then God, God said, okay, get rid of the staff now. Just speak to the rock. And he doesn't. And his anger toward the people. He gets impatient and he hits the rock twice and water comes out. God still allowed the people to drink water, but he punished Moses for his lack of faith in God and putting his trust in the staff instead. And for his impatience. He was impatient. He just quit trusting and relying on God to do it his way. He lost his patience. Losing your patience can lose a marriage. Losing your patience can lose a job. Do you know people that have lost their job because of their, their, they get impatient about things not going the way they want it to. And they, they start showing it and they start blowing up. Yeah. You know, you can lose a marriage, you can lose a job, you can lose relationships with your kids and friends just because of being so impatient about the things that irritate you that instead of using this as an opportunity to bring the best out of you, it brings the beast out of you. There's a choice. I look at an oyster, it gets an irritation, and what does it do? It turns it into a pearl. It gets something that's irritating it and turns it into something really beautiful. That's what we have the opportunity to do. There's a lot of things that are irritating you, but if you do it God's way, if you submit your heart to God and you trust Him, there's a lot of things that are irritating you that can turn into pearls. That person at the office that you just cannot stand because they irritate you, that could turn into a pearl. That person actually could become a friend if you would just show them some patience and love. And you can't separate love from the word patience. And now that person that you just couldn't stand, they irritate you all the time, you decide to love them, you decide to show them patience, and you start liking them. They become your friend. Later on, they might be one of the best friends you ever ever had. I've seen these things happen over and over again. It can become a pearl if you choose to. You can take anything that irritates you, and it can become something good if you trust God and have faith, and that will be shown through patience. The other one is inactivity. In Job 14, 14, it says, if someone dies will they live again, all the days of my hard service, I will wait for my renewal to come. The key word there is wait. You can circle that word, wait. That's what we don't want to do. Is we don't want to wait. We would most Americans would rather do anything but have to wait. I'm the same way. I hate waiting in long lines. When you're at the post office and there's only one person working, and you're thinking, "Come on, what's? T- why is this taking so long?" And that person's taking their time. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, "Can't they see? Don't they notice that all the uh, the long line?" And you just start getting impatient. Here's how impatient we are. We describe our daily lives as if we're in a hurry, 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 hurry and worry, hurry and worry. That's not a healthy life. For example, I leaped out of bed, I zipped in and out of the shower, I bolted down my breakfast, I gulped down my coffee, I rushed off to work, I ran through my schedule, I hustled to do that cell. I had to get it in gear to make some changes. I stepped on it to complete that project. I scrambled to close the deal. I had to get the lead out of my pants to get that done. I wolfed down a sandwich. I whipped through that stack of return phone calls. I had to get cracking on that assignment. I hot-footed out of there. I raced home to dinner. I darted in the front door. That's how we describe our lives. Like we're going, 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 going. There's nothing healthy about that. We weren't made for hurry and worry, hurry and worry. We weren't made for that. That's a lack of patience. We need to be patient with life and enjoy life along the way. Have you ever noticed that you cannot enjoy life if you're impatient? Do you know when you're in a line and having to wait, there's always something that you can do. You know, you can look around. You can smile at somebody. You can watch a little kid that's running around that needs their parents to, to correct them. You know, there's a lot of fun things you can check out. Sometimes we're just going, 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 and we're, we're missing life around us. You know, you can bring a book. I know people that are waiting in line, they bring a book and they read while they're waiting in line. But there's things you can do, even if it's just humming a worship song in your own mind between you and God. But use that time. It doesn't have to be a waste of time. How do you handle... The weights in life. How do you handle it? I think about Joseph in the Bible. How God put it in his heart that he was going to be a leader. And first he had to be... He, became, he was sold by his brothers as a slave. Can you imagine your own brothers do that to you? Then he was falsely accused and in prison. He spent years and years waiting before God used him to be the leader. I think about King David... He was years and years taking care of sheep. You talking about a lot of time in your hands. What do you do to take care of sheep? You know, he learned to play the music because he was bored. But He made the best of it. He learned how to use the slingshot really good. All those things came in handy for him. Most of the songs in the Bible and Psalms were written by him because the music he learned while, while he was uh, tending sheep Uh, Him killing Goliath was learning how to use a slingshot. During that time where he's waiting, he thinks he's wasting time. It wasn't a waste of time. It was preparing him for the future. You know that Joseph thought he was wasting time being a slave, but while he was a slave, he learned how to handle business because he was put in charge of the business. And the guy was very wealthy and had a lot of business. And while he was in prison, he was fit in charge of the people. He learned how to handle people. And when he got through all of that and became second in command to Pharaoh, he knew how to handle business and he knew how to handle people. It was an education. The waiting that you think is a waste of time, it's never a waste of time. God's using that in your life to prepare you for the future. And that's where faith comes in. So my part is I need to respond positively so how can we do that? The first one is discover a bigger perspective. You want to see things through other people's viewpoints. Have a larger viewpoint. Here's what Proverbs 1911 says: "A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is his glory to overlook an offense. Wisdom gives you patience. So you can overlook those things that irritate you, those inconveniences. If I want to have a healthier marriage, I need to have a bigger perspective, which means I need to start seeing things through my wife's point of view. Now that I understand her, I have a bigger perspective. I'm going to be patient with her. Why was I impatient with her before? I didn't understand her perspective. I didn't understand where she was coming from. What I've noticed is a marriage that's two good-hearted people that are coming from two different perspectives. The key is to understand their perspective. If I want to be a great dad, I need to understand the perspective of my children. If I can understand their perspective, I have a greater view, and I'm not going to lose patience with them. Because now I understand their perspective. If I want to be a great boss, I want to understand the perspective of those working for me. And when I understand their perspective, and I understand where they're coming from, then I understand their gripes and why they have those gripes. And as a boss, I can maybe make some changes. Or if they're changes that would be bad for the company, I can communicate to them in a different way so that they see the answer. But the key is to understand the other person's perspective. If I do not understand your perspective, then it's like, how can he act that way? Why in the world would she be thinking this? And what does that bring out? Impatience. Impatience. The only way to be patient is you've got to understand where they're coming from. You want real wisdom? Understand God's perspective. Understand where God's coming from. That would change your life. It would give you a perspective that will really give you patience in life like nothing else. Because you see things happening and you think, what could be good about this? But faith comes in and you know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So your faith in God's work gives you the patience you need to deal with the situation. Proverbs 14:29 says, A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displaces folly. When you understand the other person, you have patience. When you don't understand them, that's what folly is. That's what folly is. That's what foolishness is. Not understanding the other person's perspective. And then what's going to happen? It says you're going to be quick-tempered. You're going to lose your patience. You lose your patience because of the foolishness of not understanding other people, not having great understanding. If you find that I lose my temper with my husband all the time, you haven't taken the time to understand where he's coming from. I lose my patience with my wife all the time. You haven't taken the time out to understand where she's coming from, with your kids, with whoever it is. It takes understanding. The second thing is develop a sense of humor. We're too uptight about things. We need to laugh more. Laugh more. There's a lot of things that we get upset about that we should be laughing about. It's funny. It's humorous. You know, uh, that we we just, as human beings, we do silly things. I'm not saying laugh at people. I'm saying laugh at ourselves. The silly things I do, wow. You know, and be a little bit, you know, more lighthearted. Usually, we're too serious about ourselves and we're not serious enough about God. We've got it backwards. Lighten up. Enjoy life. Proverbs 14, 30 says, a relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. Just by having a relaxed attitude, you can live longer. President Lincoln, when he was in office, they were asking him, like, a lot of stresses going on. And they asked him how he could get through all the stresses. And he he said he tried to find ways to bring humor into the office, into the job, to have a relaxed atmosphere, where they're not always serious, 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 serious. And he went through some serious stuff. But you don't deal with those daily stresses unless you can lighten up the atmosphere a bit. If you can laugh at it, you can live with it. We need to learn to laugh more. Do you know that God's that way? Do you know that? You said, wait a minute. No, God's serious. But well, listen to this. He's serious. But listen to this. Psalms 2 4. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. If God laughs, if God has a sense of humor, then I think maybe you and I should have a sense of humor. There's times that we just need to have fun. And lighten up. It brings sanity back. But if you're serious all the time, it's not healthy. Will Rogers said, I don't make up jokes. I just watch the government and report the facts. It's good to laugh. It's good to be lighthearted. You say, Jimmy, you don't understand my marriage. We've got nothing to laugh about. Just go back and look at those old wedding pictures. I bet you everybody will start laughing. Sometimes what we have to do is we just have to find ways to find humor in life and enjoy life. Life is meant to be enjoyed, not endured, enjoyed. But when you're going through hard times, you have to find good times within the hard times. The hardest time I ever went through financially was back in 1987. You know how people go through thick and thin together. Well, I was living with a friend and my sister, and we were going through t- transparency together. It wasn't even thin; it was transparent. We were out of money, and we got so we were so broke. We were all out of jobs, looking for jobs, and we pulled the seats out of the car. We didn't have any money for gas; the car was just sitting there. And we found change under the seats of the car, and it was enough money that we bought um, a big gulp and at a Seven Eleven, and those 7-Eleven 7-Eleven hamburgers, and we chopped the hamburger in three, and so we each got a third of a hamburger, and shared the Big gulp. And uh, that's all we ate. It might have been two hamburgers and Big gulp. It's hard for me to remember now. But that's all we ate for that whole day. And then we didn't eat anything else for that next night, because my sister got a job as a waitress somewhere. They put her work that day. She brought home tips. She ate there, and she brought home tips, and we went into the store and ate the next day. Then after that, uh, we all got working, and everything worked out. But during that time, people, you know, it was the worst time in my life when it comes to finances. But when I remember back at those times, it was one of the most fun times of our life, which tells me fun can happen in the worst financial situations that you could be in. So it's not, it's not correlated. You can have fun with poor finances. You can have fun with great finances. You can be miserable with poor finances, and you can be miserable with great finances. Does anybody here know people that are miserable, but they're doing very well financially? I know a lot of people that are miserable, that are doing very well financially. What does it tell you? Money will not make you happy. If it did, they'd be the happiest people on the planet. Money does not make you happy, and it never will. So you can choose to have a good day no matter what's going on. The next one is Deepen your love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, love is patient. When I'm impatient, I'm really being unloving. When you love, you're thinking about their needs. When you're impatient, you're thinking about what you need to do, and it's all about me, 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 me. When you're patient with them, you're thinking about their feelings, what they're going through. What it really is, more than saying, God, teach me to be patient, I'll tell you what it really is. God, teach me to love people. I'm selfish. Teach me what it means to really love people. Because that's real core. The core issue isn't you're impatient. The core issue is you do not love people. And if you're easily impatient with your kids or with your wife or with people, you do not love people. We hate to hear that. We hate to hear that. But we have to hear it. We have to hear it. So you understand, wait a minute, that is true. They certainly don't feel your love. You say, but on the inside, I really do love them. I really do love them. I just really think that these things are important they have to get done. Let me tell you what. If they don't feel loved by you, you're ruining your life. If my wife does not feel loved by me, I'm ruining my life. If my kids do not feel loved by me, I'm ruining my life. It doesn't matter what my motive is. I might be coming from the right motive. If they do not feel loved by me, I am ruining my own life. It's going to come back to haunt you. You want your children to feel that you love them. You want your wife or husband to feel that, they lo- that, that you love them. It's the most important thing. Ephesians 4.2 says, Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. It's because of your love that you make an allowance for their faults. What are their faults? You've got a lot going on and they don't seem to notice. You know, their faults are, they're interrupting you. They're being inconvenient. And out of love, you make allowances for their faults. What does that mean to make allowances? You're allowing them to have faults. Because the relationship is more important than the to-do list. The people are more important. That's why Jesus said, with all the busy work he had to do, that the children come to me. Because he realized the relationship with these kids is more important than the busyness. And the busyness is important. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, you know, when you're on your deathbed, I don't think your boss at work is going to be the one that comes and visits you and spends the night with you to make sure you're okay. When you're on your deathbed, you know who's going to be there? Your wife, your husband, your kids, the people that love you. If you ruin that relationship in order to please a boss who's not even going to care for you at that point, your priorities are are wrong. So they have to come first. They need to know, they need to feel that you love them. And then next, depend on Jesus' power. In Colossians 1.11, it says, May he strengthen you in his glorious might with ample power to meet whatever comes with fortitude, patience, and joy. What is this saying? God can give you that power to have patience. You say, I try to have patience. I try to have love. It's not within me. I just always fall short. That's why we need a power greater than ourselves. You talk to, about to anybody that struggles with anything, what's the success come from? First of all, to Admitting that I have that problem, that's number one, and then turn into a power greater than myself to have success. And we know who that power is. It's it's God. It's Jesus Christ. With God's power, I can get through this. I can be patient. I can have joy in spite of what I'm seeing. We saw it with Noah. I mean, he had to be patient for 120 years, it says, before he could take that boat out, the ark out. It said that Abraham waited till he was over 90 years old before he finally had that child. Talk about patience. That's a long time. Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years before God said, okay, you're ready to be used now. 40 years is a long time to be waiting around to see when God's going to use your life for something great. But you see this over and over in Scripture. The great men and women of God... Sometimes God used years before they were ready to do what he called them to do. That means you have to have patience. You have to have a lot of trust in God that somehow, someway, God knows what's best. It's going to be on his timing and not mine. See, we have a a difficult time being patient with people. We do. But we have a more difficult time being patient with God. You know that God's called you to do something. You really feel that this is the direction you're going to go, and it seems like it's never happening, it's never happening, it's never happening. And we're thinking, God, if you're real, why, are you, why is this not happening now? God, if you're really there, where are you now when I need you? And you know what he's saying? He's saying, be patient. It's going to happen. See, a lot of times when things don't happen at the timing that we expect, we lose faith and say, well, it's probably just not God's will. Maybe we just walk away. And God's saying, no, I'm not necessarily saying it's not my will. I'm just saying not now. Not now. Maybe there's more things he wants to do in your character. Maybe you're ready, but something else or somebody else isn't ready. I can see that with marriage, right? God, I'm ready to get married. You know, I feel like I'm ready. And you might be 100% ready. But he says, the one I have picked out for you isn't ready yet. Because You're going to marry somebody, right? You don't want to just marry anybody. I'm ready. Any volunteers? No, that's not the best way to go. And he's saying, you're ready. Be patient. When that other person's ready, it's going to be great. But we are impatient. We start losing faith too easily. Patience means I'm trusting in God. It has everything to do with faith. Why should we be patient? God's patient. Here's what God said in 2 Peter 3.15. Think of our Lord's patience as your opportunity to be saved. Here's what it's saying is praise God that he's patient. Thank you, God, that you're patient. Because he's patient enough that he's waited for you. To this moment, to say, okay, wow, God, I realize I need you in my life. Praise God, that He was patient enough to wait. He's waiting on us. Every person in here that's made a commitment to Christ, he was patient enough to wait till you reached that point that you knew I better put him in the center of my life. Life's not going to be good without him in the center. And he was patient enough to let you get there. Praise God, he's patient. He works with us. He gives us the time that we need to get at the place in our life that we recognize the need for him and the difference that he'll make in our life. I thank God that he's patient. You're never more like God than you are when you're being patient. God's patient with you. He wants you to be patient with other people. I have an assignment for everybody here. How can we bring this home to really make it work in our life? There's people in your life that just irritate you. There are. Probably everybody here at least thinks of one person that, that irritates them. And here's my assignment for you. Think of that person. First of all, choose to have a bigger perspective. I want you to choose to make a difference like this. I'm going to try to look at things through their point of view. I'm going to have a bigger perspective... I'm going to try to understand where they're coming from because they irritate me. But I'm going to try to understand that. Number two, I'm going to try to have a sense of humor about this. Instead of me being miserable by this relationship, I'm going to try to find the funny things in it. Like I'm going to try to find humor in what's going on. Number three, I'm going to love this person. You choose to love them. Instead of being irritated at them all the time, I'm going to try to understand them, and I'm going to try to love them. And number four, ask God to give you the power. Ask God to give you the power. That's the most important one, because if you haven't had the power to do it up to this point, you probably aren't going to automatically have it now. The difference is God. Ask God to give you the strength to love that person, to be understanding of them to understand why they come from their perspective and to love them. I have a sense of humor about this. It's an acid test of your faith. It's an acid test of your faith. Patience is. If I trust God, that I can be patient about it because I know he's in control. If I don't trust God, I'm impatient. Why? Because I think no one's in control. It's a lack of faith in God. I want to live a life With faith in God. And I'm going to have patience. That's the only way you can do it. You have to love people, you have to be patient. And it's 100% comes from trusting God. Maybe you'd say to me today, you're talking about needing patience in my life, which I agree with, but I've never put Jesus in my life yet. It starts there. Think about this God loved you so much. You know who God is. We call him the Trinity God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God in heaven loves you so much that he came to earth as a man, Jesus Christ. He took all, everybody's sins, all of us, he took those sins upon himself and died paying off the penalty of our sins. God did this for us. He rose again, showing that it's been conquered. He says, you're forgiven. The choice is yours. You're forgiven. You can have me in your life or you can reject me. See, people think that God's accepting and rejecting people. It's not that way. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's everybody. It's us. I'm forgiven. I have a choice. I can live in eternity with you. It's a choice. You can choose God or not. I say choose life. Choose God. Have that patience. Have that life that you were meant to have. The love in your marriage that you were meant to have. Choose God. There's nothing better. Let's pray. Dear God, As we pray today, Lord, we're asking you to give us the patience and the love for others that you've called us to have. Lord, we want to love people. We want to find humor in the things that used to just irritate us. And Lord, we're asking for your strength. And maybe you're here today and you would say, Pastor Jimmy, I've never really given Jesus control in my life. I want to put my faith in God and him giving me the power to live life the way it was meant to be lived. If that's you, pray this along with me silently. Lord, I don't understand at all, but as you know this, that you love me, and by faith I believe that you died on the cross to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, from this point on, I'm yours. I'm asking you to come in my life and make me the man or the woman that you've called me to be. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.